Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I can't tell you how excited I am to bring you today's featured guest, Carrie Valentine. Carrie, welcome to the show. Aloha, Ken. It's great to be here, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. And for anybody listening who may not be familiar with Carrie, let me give you a little background, because this man has done a lot. Uh, Carrie Valentine has actually been assisting couples and singles throughout the world to transform their lives out of the emotional pain of relationship and dating challenges into creating joyous, juicy, sustaining relationships of their dreams through his In Love Forever personal development system. See, Carrie has a unique ability to understand and empathize with people's pain and challenges as he was haunted most of his life with tremendous fear, doubt, and lack of confidence. He's transformed his life out of depression and being on the brink of divorce to living a juicy life. He's a certified relationship coach, speaks internationally about living with more passion and success, and is the best-selling author of In Love Forever, Seven Secrets to a Joyous, Juicy Relationship, which he co-wrote and lived out with his late wife, Wendy. Carrie's proven patent-pending turn-your-doubts-inside-out system quickly helps to transform fears, doubts, and worries permanently, creating more confidence, success, pleasure, and joy. Now, Carrie also narrated the newly released Complete Works of Florence Scovel Shin audiobook series, and he's an award-winning graduate of Berklee College of Music, having performed with luminaries such as Dizzy Gillespie and members of Paul McCartney, Kenny Chesney, Stevie Wonder, Chris Boddy, Ario Speedwagon, and Lionel Richie's bands. He enjoys coming home from world travels to the colorful roaming chickens and the enchanting tropical aromas of the Hawaiian island of Kauai. Carrie, we covered a lot there, but let us know if there's anything we missed. And, and do me a favor, give us a little glimpse into how you got started doing this incredible work you do. Mm, that's a great question, Ken. Um, and when you said that, I just felt it right in my heart. Um, because how I came to all of this was through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. Um, it started when I was very, very young. Um, I'm, you know, I'm grateful and feel supported in what I'm about to say with you, of our, knowing our shared backgrounds in a way. Of, I was extremely shy as a kid, and uh, so much so I didn't really speak. Uh, my father would call me Mumbles as a way to, in his way, it was a way to try to get me out of my shyness, but that didn't work. Um, and there was lots of reasons for for those pieces. Funny enough for me, music, and particularly drumming, was my voice until I was about 13. And then uh, puberty and Robin Williams kicked into my life. <laughs> and... Uh, 
I became a stand-up comedian kind of overnight because I just was so moved by Robin's energy and his mm. his antics. Um, but it, the problem was I went from one extreme to the other. So now I was finally talking, but where was really Carrie? Where was his heart? And that was still covered over for many years and many challenges of, you know, beginning the relationship world in my teens and, you know, and that stuff and, and learning to be honest and intimate. And it, it's been a journey for me, you know. Um, and what's what's so, I wonder for you if you can relate to this, Kim, but um, it happens when I perform and it happens as I coach with folks and I share with them my challenges that I've come through and of you know being really shy or having performance anxieties because now on stage I'm just having a joy joyful time and people come up to me and say oh it's so great to watch you play and blah 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 and I and I put my arm around them I said if you only knew what I've gone through to get here (laughs) and like you know they're like look at me with like shock in their eyes like no way you were depressed I was like yes Mm-hmm. or, you know, to share with folks um, th- that through coaching and speaking now uh, that I was like, I was so shy, I mumbled. And they're like, I can't even imagine that. And I was like, I get you, but I'll happy to give you my brother's phone numbers and you can ask him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. the beautiful thing is that's never too far away from me. And it's right there, right here, right now, that that remembrance, that journey, that that difficulty. Um, even though today I'm, I'm I'm far from those places, it, it's still in me, and that I think is, in a way, a grace because it keeps me very compassionate and empathetic towards people who are having the challenges that they're going through, and that's really why I do what I do, because I've been helped by seen and unseen friends to get where I've gone and going. Uh, and I feel like passing that forward, and um, and it's a it's it's my choice, and and it's my joy, you know. Uh, so um, you know, it's like I mean, I grew up in a Jewish family around New York City, and you know, there's a Yiddish word called uh, gives you nachas, that they say, you know, it's like gives you some joy. It's, that may be one of the f- only positive words in the Yiddish language, matter of fact. <laughs> but, <laughs> usually pretty negative so uh yeah but anyway (laughs) well thank you yeah no i i I can definitely relate to a lot of what you were saying there carrie and let me ask you this because i'm i'm curious i found for myself it's helpful to have a guiding principle that's what i call it anyhow some people call it a quote or a mantra but something that's kind of your touchstone that you can come back to specifically in partnership when i get off the path and I'm wondering, what do you use for that, and, and how could our listeners apply it in their life? Well, I think um, the piece that really has totally transformed my life more than anything and continues to do today is this phrase that I talk about, turn the doubts inside out. And part of that, Ken, is um, <clears throat> funny enough, if you take the word doubt and you re-scramble it, okay, and you come up with two different words. One is T-O-B-U-D, to bud, to grow, to blossom. And so the doubts and fears and insecurities are not what they appear to be. They come to us 
you know, and say, don't do that, or he's not really into you, or she's not really into you, or you just, you think you had a great call on that sales call, but they're really not interested in, in, in going forward with you, which are, these are all these things, or for me as well, those are all happened to me. Some respects very slightly still do, but those show up. Um, and I'll share more what that means too, but also, um, you know, performing and, and going, oh, you really didn't play that well tonight, or the band's really not into you, and they just put up with you. And these are it's definitely in the artistic world. Um, it is so prevalent, these, these negative demons, you know. Um, and so the, the, the guiding point here is to realize that the doubt is our friend, not our enemy. Hmm. Meaning it's trying to help us. Uh, actualize our potential, actualize our passion, our gift, our desires, whatever the doubt was said, like, oh, you know, whether it's a business thing or personal thing, you actually simply turn it inside out and you translate it, put it through Google Translate and then put English and then look for doubts under uh, (laughs) right before Estonian. (laughs) It's the doubt language. (laughs) And so when you hear let's say you can't do that it's really saying you can do this but it's the doubt is our inner trainer testing our resolve to see how strong we really believe in what we want to do and this piece on a daily basis changes my life and uh, because the doubts still show up but now where they used to kind of just take over me and and like the doubt would show up and I would spiral in a, in a heavy well of despair and, you know, wouldn't make that phone call of that passion I had for, let's say, a relationship opportunity or a business opportunity. Now, I understand it when it does happen, Ken, and I go, oh, what did I just hear you say? Oh, don't make that phone call right now. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm just going to do it right now because mm-hmm. that is the perfect time. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's the divine in us speaking to us, but we just have to learn how to interpret it. It's our friend. And, I, and then the energy, by taking that action, the energy in my body shifts, and I feel a, a, a sense of exaltation, a joy, a sense of deeper connection to my heart and the divine. We're totally the opposite if I listen to and what I call bitten into that apple, that poisoned apple of that negative voice. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, how many minds just got blown? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, that is really interesting. You just said that because... Um, I wasn't thinking to share this, but because what you said, I'm sorry to just step right in, but I, I want no, to hear. This is, this is an idea that is, it, it is like a mind bender. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, whoa. And it's sometimes, and I went through it too, like literally, figuratively, literally in my brain was like changing the neuro net. And there were times when my, I felt you know, my brain was hurting, you know, because this was like, I couldn't put my hands around the concept until I applied it. So I often share with folks that I'm coaching and things like that. So don't even believe what I'm saying. Just do it and let's find out what happens to you. 
Mm. Don't try to understand it. Just take action and see what happens. So sorry to step in. I know that's there, but I just wanted to add that. It's perfect. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's funny because it's, it parallels something that I often share with people, which is, you know, so oftentimes we're, we're trying to spend so much time and energy trying to figure things out. What if we just tried to feel things out? What oh, if we paid attention yes. to our feelings and Beautiful. the divine, divine Beautiful. guidance we're getting, and instead of going, I have to know how it works, just go, okay, I'm feeling doubtful. That must mean something's important going on. Right. And pay exactly. attention to that feeling that's actually, like you said, it's it's the divine working through you. It's It's how it communicates. Yes. And can I add to that? Yeah, please. Especially in relationship world, because mm-hmm. these are things I hear from people so often. And it, in times it, it does kind of break my heart because of the choices people have made based on, quote unquote, the doubt, because they see the doubt shows up and says something like, oh, you know, this person, you know, you're really not meant to be with them. And then they say, well, I took that as a sign from the universe saying, yeah, maybe we weren't meant to be. And I'm like, oy vey. Mm-hmm. Um, no, <laughs> no, yeah. completely the opposite. The divine was giving you an opportunity to snuggle into the challenge that was might might have been there to go deeper so that you could actualize such a deeper intimacy with this person. But you need the tools and you need the, the courage and the steps to go there. And you could have found that or do find that. So... Um, you know, it's, it's basically don't take the doubt for, the, for its surface voice, what it says. It's always the opposite. So if it says don't be with that person, it's really saying be with that person. Mm-hmm. Nice. So Thank think you. about that. Feel, feel that one through. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. That's, that's exactly right. Exactly right. Mm. Well, Carrie, let's, let's actually take what we've been talking about here and kind of if you don't mind, share a story of a life experience you had around this, because it's one of the things our listeners love is the stories that our guests share. And what I'd love for you to do is take us to a time in your life when, well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership and, and just tell us, you know, what were you doing? What'd you trip on? And, and what were you able to learn from that experience that has helped you move forward? Great question. Wow. All right. <laughs> I'm going to... You know, I, I just I just love stepping in and sharing um, honesty, true, you know, authenticity. Okay. Um, the relationship I had with my late wife, Wendy, uh, was an amazing 24-year experience. And um, for the first 13 years, it was profoundly so nourishing for us both and uh, supportive. And then at that 13-year mark, what appeared to be, Ken, is almost instantly one day I woke up out of bed with Wendy and I looked over at her and I go almost in myself, who are you? And then I asked myself, who am I? Because at that point, I had become so devoid of my heart it it was gone. I couldn't feel my heart anymore. And I couldn't feel a connection with her anymore. And in the truth is, it was happening little by little over time. 
but I wasn't really conscious and perceptive of that. And what, what happened is as all the tools that used to work for us and all the things we were doing, it was as if I was climbing uh, a pole and, you know, uh, like a telephone repairman with those, you know, those in, with, the, with the kind of uh, spikes on it and mm-hmm. I'm climbing up the pole. And then all of a sudden the pole was greased and I just slid right down and I couldn't get back up anymore. All the things that used to work were not working anymore. And it happened very quickly. And what we, we realized that that was that moment of like being on the brink of divorce. And we're like, what's going on here? And we were honest enough at that point to both acknowledge that, yeah, we did lose this deeper contact with each other. And we also acknowledged we really cared about each other to find out what was going on. And that courage took us on a four-year journey uh, that uh, examining our mind and working like a, a scientist while living like a monk. We simplified our life. We sold our business. At that time, we were running an Ayurveda clinic in Colorado uh, doing Panchakarma retreats. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just was like, um, let's go figure this thing out. Let's find out what's going on. And from that, Basically, we realized that we both had collect, uh, a, a, a collection of fears and doubts and insecurities in us individually that we yet had enough um, tools and comfortability to actually go there. And I'll share with you some examples. Uh, there were the core elements that happened for men and women. For Wendy, it was a lot about her looks. And I know a lot of women deal with they're not beautiful enough. She was an extremely beautiful woman, inside and out. And, um, but the voices in her head told her she wasn't beautiful, which then led her to food binges and you know, then cl- learning how to heal that. Um, and they just kept going, even though we, we had become yoga teachers, we had done meditation retreats, we were massage therapists, we did a ton of therapy, and still these, these, these doubts, these fears, they, they still kept going. For me, quite honestly, I had the typical male thing of money and business and confidence and support, as well as because of the nature of this call and the folks listening, I think it's okay to share this. I, you know, uh, worried about how big I was below my belt. Hmm. And I just wasn't comfortable. Just, it was just, it, it wasn't a conscious thing. It was just one of those doubts, you know. Um, and, and I think part of that was because Wendy was 12 years older than me. And because of that, had more relationships and experiences than me that I knew about and just always wondered, you know, like, am I really satisfying her or, you know, things like that. And, and then to get through that, Ken, when we started to learn to accept ourselves and, and have the courage to finally be honest, um, which I'm, I'll admit, I was the poster boy for blubberness, meaning <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't willing to admit yeah. You know, my deepest fears. Uh, I, I think I fooled a lot of people growing up and in my life of how deep, how sad I was, how unhappy I was, how depressed I was, 
because I put on a happy smile. And I wasn't willing to go there. Uh, and no matter, even the, even the therapy I did didn't go down deep to that place um, until this moment when I basically, I was on the, you know, I was at the lowest moments of my emotional life and just had nowhere else to go. I was in so much pain and uh, chose it finally with enough pain to crack me open. And wow. that was the beginning. That was the beginning. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And one of the things that, that stood out to me there, Carrie, was the fact that you talked about how incremental this was to get to that low point. 13 years. Yes. And then all of a sudden, you're, it feels like all of a sudden, but it was 13 years to get to where you've lost touch with yourself. Yes. And the great thing, I don't know if everybody caught this, is it didn't take 13 years to get out. No. <laughs> it took some work. It wasn't like it happened overnight. You said it was, you know, like a four-year journey, but, I mean, you can yes. come back to you much quicker than you lose you most times. Yes. That's a great, excellent insight. Insightful point, Ken. Thank you. Yes. So yes. I'm going to ask us to switch gears a little bit here, Carrie. And okay. what I want to ask you to do is share a story with us of one of your proudest moments in partnership. And it doesn't matter. It could be romantic, family, career, wherever okay. it lands for you. But what's one of those times you think back on it and you just, you know, you, you can't help but smile. It makes you so proud. Okay. <laughs> I love this. I love these questions because then it, I, I wait. I'm just listening and I'm just waiting. And then, boom, little little TV screen pops up and, awesome. and says, okay, this is the story. <laughs> okay, so the story is... <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm going to take us back. Um, let me just give some backstory. Um, so Wendy and I did uh, uh, turn our relationship around, uh, and uh, that. Uh, and for folks listening, I'm excited to share with you and let you know our relationship not only got to where it was prior to when we hit the bottom; it got much, much, much better in every way because we were willing to be more intimate, which I love to share, into me you see, intimacy. Mm -hmm. And by us being vulnerable, we, we touched new areas of ourselves and the relationship that we just had never been to before. And it, it, it changed us emotionally, our connection, and certainly physically. You know, it was as if our bodies just kind of became suction cups to each other. And oftentimes after lovemaking, we're like, I, 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 did, did you just feel that? And it's like, yeah, well, I don't know what's going on either. Mm. <laughs> so I just want to give people awareness that even if you're having a rough time, you, you can certainly turn that around and, have, and transform your life into uh, a, a joy that you can't even imagine right now. So, I want, so that going forward is... We had completed this four-year journey. We did this with some great help with friends in Idaho, outside of Boise, and uh, we had moved to Vermont, kind of like to re-enter the world because we literally were in our own little pocket of working 24 hours a day as much as we could on ourselves as we were uh, working as well as this 80-acre wildlife ranch. So. Um, <clears throat> 
we felt Vermont was a great space to kind of re re-enter, re-engage. Um, so we went to Vermont, and within weeks of getting there, uh, an opportunity happened to my uh, a great friend of mine that when I used to live in Brazil and perform with called me and said, uh, I want to come visit you in Vermont and do a show and we'll do a concert. And I'm like, humana, 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 humana. Okay. I haven't really played drums for a bunch of years, but okay. <laughs> um, and um, so we, so I, I talked to some people. We were new in the community and friends of ours that we had just met knew this person who is the manager of the Woodstock Theater in Woodstock, Vermont. And it's a, ki- it's a, it's a historical theater that has like a series, you know, throughout the year, mm. like a program of, mm-hmm. you know, really kind of really nice, very known groups coming through. So it was unusual to propose to, to the manager, can we do a show here? And in like three weeks, <laughs> and surprisingly, she said yes. Um, she's like, I don't know why I'm saying this, but yes, let's do it. So we then just moved towards promoting it and all of these pieces. And <clears throat> yet my friend, whose name is Tony Ozana, who was living in Germany, uh, we hadn't performed in a few years. We hadn't talked yet what our, you know, we hadn't obviously rehearsed. We haven't put our, you know, the set list together. And so he comes, and we had like a day to we, you know, before the shows happened to like really rehearse and all of that. And then we go to sound check, and uh, things are going well. And and the beautiful thing is he and I. The good news is he and I interact very much intuitively. So I don't necessarily need to know everything. I can be on stage and follow him. So here's the piece, Ken. We're being announced on, you know, uh, to the audience. It's, it's a 500-seat theater, and mm-hmm. I'd say it was probably 350 people there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they got there, but they got there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so as we're being introduced to, to go perform on stage, I have my sticks, drumsticks in my hand, and I'm walking onto the stage. And as I'm walking on the stage, I hear in my head, boy, are you going to blow it tonight? You hadn't had the chance to, you know, in my head, you hadn't had a chance to really know the work that we're going to, you know, the songs we're going to do. You haven't been playing drums lately and blah, blah, blah. This is while I'm walking to the drum set, Mm. okay? But because of the information I shared previously, and I practiced and practiced and practiced this, so at this point, I was very familiar with the doubts. So when it happened, I, I caught it almost instantly, Ken. And I said to myself, ah, you bugger. Hmm. Oh, I know ex- exactly why you showed up. Thank you for reminding me. So this is, again, all while I'm walking to the drum set. I'm speaking to myself in my head. I'm like, I'm going to follow Tony's energy, and I'm going to ride him like Zorro tonight. I am going to be so supportive and so right with him that no matter where he goes, it's just going to create magic. Boom, the music starts. And I'm doing this. And, and I'm going to share this, which I hardly have said to anybody, but I'm just going to share this, that it's, it's kind of, it, I've never, this has never happened to me before and never happened since, and it's kind of vulnerable to share, but I'm going to share it. During the first part of the concert, 
with that intended energy, and it was just, you could feel it just in the audience, the way they were listening and applauding. There was something magical going on, that during that time, at a moment, there was a purple flash that I saw enter the theater and go in and through the audience and out. And I just like, wow, what the heck was that? Mm. I don't know. It just happened. But I just wanted to share that with you. And it happened because I sensed, because I, I don't know why that happened, but the, it was a very amazing concert. And during that first, after first intermission, people were coming up to us like, uh, uh, what are you two doing? Uh, this is uh, kind of, <laughs> I haven't felt such aliveness in a concert in a long time. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I really don't. I'm just giving my heart and soul. So what I, the moral of this was, this was an opportunity for me to fail big time. And if I didn't have the tools that, I had worked up to that point and really trained and understood that it was the opposite was true, that when I heard you were really going to stink, it said you really have an opportunity to excel beyond your wildest imagination. And it wasn't a thought process, it just happened. And I just pushed it to the limit and it it was an amazing concert. Wow. That's a pretty incredible story. <laughs> you know what, what, what stands out for me, Carrie, is, I mean, I, I, I can totally imagine, fortunately I haven't had the experience, but I can imagine like you're going onto a stage for whatever you're doing, speaking, performing, singing, whatever, right. Right. and your brain's telling you you're going to wreck this thing, you're going to be the worst ever, you're going to ruin the whole night. <laughs> it's like, ah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to be able to, in that moment, just go, thanks for the reminder how good I am, like that I can really rock this. I can actually yes. take this forward instead of going, that's going to stop me. But instead being right. able to tap into that that reminder, basically, saying, you could, but you have a choice. And Correct. you chose to go, whatever, uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to connect with this. This whole night, it's going to be the most amazing performance ever. And you let yourself yeah. have that permission. Instead of shutting down your permission to be great in that moment, you opened up to it even more. And we're able to connect with everybody on stage and in the audience and have that amazing performance and and that visitation by whatever the purple light was that came through the room. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I that's love so, that. so yeah, cool. The Thank you for yes. sharing that. Because what that is to me from a partnership perspective is that's you partnering with you with your greatest expression yes yes with your gifts that you're here to bring to the world and i want to say yes to me but i really want to impress upon folks listening this is a way to connect to your divinity yes your and and really that's what this is about that the doubts is the divine in you speaking to you mm-hmm. and it's truly supporting you and and it's wanting you to feel such um, such confidence such success such joy such exaltation in your life but the way that it does it is through these apparent negative chatter mm-hmm. so you know and then from there like you're like from, I'll just say this, I used to feel really alone, and even, in, even amongst my family, 
um, or even in relationship with Wendy. There are many times I, I'm surrounded by loved ones and, and had the you know, terrible experiences inside. And, and again, these are the doubts, but when I turn them around, I recognize that the divine was actually trying to help me. I don't feel alone anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel very connected. And I'm not special. It's available to us all. And I think that's what it's really, the doubt is an aspect, what it's really about, is to feel that deeper connection with the divine um, in yourself, and then you'll spread that joy to wherever you go. Absolutely. Thank you for making that point. Well, Carrie, we've actually arrived at a part of the show I call the bring it all home portion. And this is where we actually step away from stories. And I ask you for some simple concrete guidance for our listeners so they can improve their partnerships, you know, right away. And where I'd like to mm. start is I'm wondering if you had to pick one, one bit of advice, what would you say is the best either partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received? Oh, that's a good question. So the best is, the, I would say the best secret to have a wonderful relationship is to have no secrets. Mm. Regardless of how vulnerable it may be to share what you need to share with somebody. You know, it's easy to share the good things, but the bad things about yourself or maybe you're not in a great space in your relationship. Let your partner know. Yeah, that's, that is a great bit of advice. Thank you. Sure. So if you, again, just had to pick one, what would you say is like the book or the resource that you'd recommend for our listeners and, and why that particular one? Mm. Okay, I'd like to share a, some, a book and some movies. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Sure. I hope it, I'm not I'm not trying to quote toot my own horn, uh, but I do want to suggest for folks if they're interested in having a better relationship with themselves and with a partner or partner to be is to is to go and check out the book that Wendy and I wrote called In Love Forever: Seven Secrets to a Joyous, Juicy Relationship. And the reason why I share that, Ken, is because. It's, the book is written all about the journey we went through, and it takes you, it's like almost like going on a guided safari, but with as a relationship experience. So it, it, it understands where you might be at the beginning and takes you to the very end to have a great relationship. And, you know, each chapter has its own little questions, and it's a lot of fun to do. So it's a great tool. I, I'm sorry that, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, how would I say, self-promote me. I'm just, no, I think it's, it's just great. a great tool. Thank you for, you know, for so. reminding us about, about that incredible book that you two did together. Yeah, and that's on Amazon and all bookstores, all of that. So that's the the book. Um, the movies, I just love movies for, for, for inspirational and soul uh, learning. Um, there's so many, but two that just quickly come to mind. One is the movie, this is an older film, uh, called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Mm -hmm. It's Sidney Poitier with yep. And why I love this film, Ken, is the energy in the film and the, and the language that is being chosen to, and the journey that goes on in this film. Uh, and, and it's a film that was made many years ago, but would be profound if it came out today yeah. in terms of the level of intimacy of communication and the love. 
So I highly recommend people to see that. And then the other film is actually uh, uh, a recording of One Night in Broadway in 1957 that Julie Andrews played Cinderella. And the reason for this is because when it came out, it was extremely popular and powerful. Uh, I, from what I understand, no one was walking around the streets of New York the night it actually aired on TV. It was so well received. And today you can actually see the DVD of it. Um, and why I say this is because Julie Andrews in this particular adaptation uh, plays Cinderella so beautifully that you see her being taunted by her stepmother and her stepsisters and, you know, being put down constantly. But Cinderella, she, she held her joy. She held her vision. She held her passion and would sing in, in her, you know, between things of taking care of, oh, Cinderella, do this. Oh, Cinderella, open the window. Oh, Cinderella, close the window. Oh, Cinderella, get us some food. Oh, Cinderella, you are just so lazy, you know. And, and she would keep doing this and serving her stepmother and stepsisters who had, who had no reason, no true reason to be served so well because of the way she, she treated him, her. But, but Cinderella didn't let that bother her. And she had her deep connection in her soul, spirit connection that she would sing in my own little corner, in my own little world. I can be whatever I want to be. And she held that. And from that, her stepmother, I mean, her godmother uh, shows up like the divine and says, I must give you your wish because you want it so much. And then she meets the prince. And to see it played out, Ken, is, is just deeply moving. To, to actually, I know it's a story, but it's a story waiting for all of us to, to experience, actualize our dreams now, in our life now. So I highly recommend people to see that. That's fantastic. Thank you. And your description was wonderful. Um, <laughs> is, is, the, is the DVD just called Cinderella, or does it have a different title? Yes. Yes, okay. Cinderella, uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein, 1957, Julie Andrews. I mean, you could simply Google Julie Andrews, yeah. Cinderella, and you'll, you'll see it. Great. Excellent. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Carrie, I, I have no doubt that we've only scratched the surface of what you can, <laughs> you can share with our listeners. And, and unfortunately, we're not going to have time for all of that. So can you let our listeners know how do they contact you? How do they learn more about what you're doing? Ah, okay, sure. Uh, the best would be to go to uh, website carryvalentine.net, and that's C-A-R-Y, Valentine like Valentine's Day, so V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-E dot net. And there's opportunities there to see some videos of interviews and read more about me. And if people are so inclined, they could actually sign up for a complimentary discovery session where I can talk with them more in depth of what's personally happening to them and um, be of assistance. Excellent. Excellent. And I got to say, I'm thrilled that you're going to be able to join me and uh, all of our amazing women that are coming to Boulder for the Invisible to Irresistible event that we're holding here at the end of April. Your contribution is going to be enormous. It's so funny. The more, you, more I talk to you and get to know you, the more I, I see the connections and the resonance between what we do. So I'm mm. I just excited beyond belief at, at, that you're going to be a part of that event. So thank you for doing that. Uh, my joy. And I, I say the same, Ken. <laughs>
I am very excited to do this and uh, to meet you in person and, and uh, come to Colorado and be with all these uh, women who are ready to take their lives to the next level and be of assistance. So I'm, I, I'm as equally as excited. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, Carrie, I got to say, your, your stories, your insights, absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I'm going to be digesting this for a while. <laughs> I know our <laughs> listeners will too. And, and by the way, anybody listening, if there were any of those links that, you know, you're doing something else right now, you didn't jot them down. All you have to do is go to Carrie's show page on the Speaking of Partnership website. Just type in Carrie Valentine. You'll go straight there and we'll have links for all those different resources and, and the different things that he's recommended, including getting a hold of him and his site for that discovery session. Carrie, thank you for being on the show today. Oh, my, my joy, Ken, and uh, really the honor is mine. I'm just very touched by the work you're doing, and I'm so excited by who you are and how you bring to you know the world so much love. Thank you so very much. You bet. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.